Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On the Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com. Since 2008, we're part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage you can find anywhere. And happy football Thursday to you. A big, big game tonight. The Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs in the preseason finale. Not quite Super Bowl one, but it's a big game for a lot of players on the bubble, and we will uh, we'll talk about all that tomorrow. But first off is first down, and that is Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers have been cleared by the NFL. It took eight months for the NFL to interview Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews. It took one week to clear them. And here's the uh, part of the NFL's press release from yesterday. Quote, the NFL found no credible evidence that Pittsburgh's James Saracen and Green Bay's Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers were provided with or used substances uh, prohibited under the NFL-NFLPA policy on performance-enhancing substances following a comprehensive investigation into allegations made in a documentary by Al Jazeera America. And then the NFL press release went on to say that the investigation involved witness interviews, a review of relevant records and other materials, electronic research, and laboratory analysis and review. So that's that. I mean, no surprise here, right? When, and we've talked about this way too many times in this podcast, but the star, quote-unquote, of the uh, of that documentary, a man by the name of Charlie Sly, who was an intern in an anti-aging clinic in Indianapolis, he, according to his own words, he got met with Mike Neal for about six weeks, and then Neal hooked, up, hooked to Sly up with Matthew, Matthews and Peppers and other members of the Packers. But, of course, Sly... As you all know by now, recanted his testimony and recanted what he said in that video. And I mean, at that point, I'm not sure what the NFL was ever going to find, unless they had some sort of secret paper trail, which they obviously did not. But when when the guy who said this stuff said, "Ah, I made it all up," and there's no positive drug tests for those guys, I mean, what are you going to punish him for? You know, so that's that investigation over, and we get to move, we get to move on to talk about real football. And speaking of real football, on the second down, and that would be the battle at number three wide receiver. And this, to me, is going to be one of the big things to watch in tonight's football game. It, it's it's Devontae Adams, Jared Aberderis, and maybe Ty Montgomery. But I would think it's Adams and Aberderis as the front runners in that battle. And in the Packers have to figure out who that's going to be. And is it going to be one guy? Because, you know, historically, the Packers have gone with one guy as that number three receiver. But in the last few years, that has been Adams. Or do the Packers have a timeshare based on on matchups and packages and hot hands and and all that kind of stuff? So, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a couple good quotes at his locker on Monday, and we'll lead off here with Aaron Darris. Rodgers says, "Quote: I think the biggest thing for him has always been his availability because his talent is eminent." When he's on the field, he's tough to guard. He makes a lot of plays. He catches the ball very well, runs great routes. It's never been about that. His talent is NFL-level talent, and he has the opportunity to not only make plays, but to do it consistently on the field. 
The biggest difficulty has always been his availability, being able to stay in the field through his injuries, concussions, and stuff. I'm really proud of him. He has a great approach to the game. He's very intelligent. Obviously, he's very skilled, but he has a great approach. Gosh, darn anyway. Obviously, very skilled, but he has a great approach. He works every single day, and he's always kind of in my hip pocket or Jordy's and Randall's hip pocket, asking good questions, and he's had a great camp. So that's Albert Darris. And he's, I mean, he has had a great camp, and based on consistency, he's been the guy. I mean, Cobb has been by far the best receiver, and I would say Aberderis has been the second best receiver. So at, toward the end of, of his deal at his locker, I asked, I asked Rodgers about, about Adams. And we've talked about this here before. Adams is, is, is he's maddening. He's made a more unbelievable catches. And he's probably dropped more passes than anybody. It's 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 a consistency with him, and you know you go back to his rookie season. He was he was really good in, in the three or four games where he got a bunch of opportunities, and and last year when they really really needed him, he he disappeared. And you know part of that was the injury and you know mispractice time and maybe some confidence issues stemming from that injury. But he's he's been healthy for, throughout camp this year and. Again, if you can if you can somehow just get past the drop passes, and they've been big ones too. I mean, there's some on family night and the touchdown pass here in the 49ers game on last Friday. But anyways, I asked Adams, excuse me, I asked Rodgers, basically, can you trust the guy? And here's what Rodgers said. He says, I would say that he's had a great camp. I can't remember maybe a number of drops. He's had a chance in the game and on a great throw from Joe but he caught a ball yesterday in practice, and I was so impressed by the way that he adjusted on his route and made an adjustment on the ball, something we talk about a lot. Being on the same page of the quarterback and different little fine-tuning parts of route running, and I was just really impressed with Devontae. Again, he's a guy like Randall, where you're talking about a lot of different guys, young guys, Cookie, Jordy back from his injury, the rookies, and you kind of forget 17 and 18. They've had pretty damn good camps, I'd say. So that's, that's strong words. In Adam's favor, and it is interesting because while he avoids Jeff Janus like a plague at times when when Janus is healthy, I mean he's throwing the ball to Adams. I mean you remember go back to go back to that Detroit game last year at Lambeau that they lost where what what he threw him twenty one passes it was the most you know the Packers have that kind of, or the Pro Football Reference has that kind of data going back to nineteen ninety two and it was the most and most for the Packers in that span it was unbelievable. I just kept throwing the ball to the guy and he caught like. Gosh, I wish I had the numbers in front of me. You caught like nine for 70 yards. Those was just horrible numbers. And, you know, I did some research for, for PeckReport.com on this. And, again, going back to 1992, this is how far the data goes back. But Adams' yards gained per target in the passing game was the worst by any Packers player by more than a yard. So it's not the worst by a fraction. It was by more than a yard. And... Gosh, again, I think I think it was something like the fifth worst in the NFL among receivers with 40 catches. So it was historically terrible numbers from Adams last year. But Rodgers still Rogers still likes the guy, and you know, based on that, and based on the potential of big things happening, I'm I'm guessing Adams is the front runner for that number three, and and Aberderis and Ty Montgomery will, will work in there intermittently. In wild card, and all this would be Montgomery who. 
if you go back to last year before he injured that ankle in, in that sixth game against San Diego, I mean, he was just becoming a key factor in the offense where he had started three consecutive games and and there's a real comfort level there between Rodgers and Montgomery and, you know, whether it was Montgomery working as a running back or from the slot, so it was starting to become a real key part of the offense and he got hurt and could never get back in the field and then he ultimately had surgery and and missed all the offseason stuff from the start of training camp. He's now had a great camp. He's you know he's dropped probably far too many passes for the number of plays he's made. But I mean you, you can't knock what he can do in that Randall Cobb sort of role. I mean he's when he was drafted, he was compared to as a, as a bigger Randall Cobb by West Coast scout Sam Seelan, and and that's pretty evident. And by the way, he plays. He can do a lot of different things for him, but. He just has to perform consistently enough to this point to get a lot of snaps. But I would think there's a role for the guy. Not that Montgomery's roaring about those. He said this week, no, I can't worry about it. If I worried about that, I'd be going crazy. That's not in my control. What's in my control is the plays that I make, and hopefully they just put me out there. So that'll be the key for the night's game in my book, is watching those three guys and seeing what, if anything, happens to, to determine who becomes that number three receiver for week one at Jacksonville. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Scout's fantasy site is host of the World Fantasy Championships, and our fantasy insiders have helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And if your company is interested in talking to men between the ages of 18 and 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. On the third down, that would be a look at Saturday's roster cuts. I did a roster projection last night at packreport.com, and while I really struggled over that first one, this one seemed really easy, almost too easy, where I really got stuck on, on one guy for about 30 seconds until I looked at my special teams notes. So I, I, it seemed really easy to me, which means... I'm going to screw this whole thing up royally. <laughs> so, a couple of the highlights here. Where I really, where I, one of the areas where I struggled with on my first go-around was the offensive line where they had a lot of depth. Well, they, they, I think it's kind of been eliminated now where they've where they've put Corey Lindsley, where Corey Lindsley probably goes on the pup list, and they put Josh Walker on IR. Those are two guys who I, who I had on my original roster. So that puts them down to nine between the starting five, and then you also have... Jason Spriggs and Kyle Murphy, the two rookies, the veteran utility man, Don Barclay, and guard Lane Taylor. I think all those guys make it for nine. Outside linebacker, again, I think we talked about this yesterday, the, the trade of Laurenti McRae pretty much, I think, solidifies J. Ron Elliott as that sixth outside linebacker and a core special teamer. One interesting thing, I think, is quarterback, and that would be Joe Callahan. What do the Packers do there? McCarthy, when I asked McCarthy about him this week, he called Callahan a hell of a player. Which makes you think, boy, do you cut a guy who you just called a hell of a player? And then I was thinking last night, the Vikings need a quarterback. And obviously, Joe Callahan's not going to be signed to go start with them, but they're going to, they need a quarterback. And the Vikings obviously have a history of, of signing ex-Packers, a pretty, a pretty lengthy history of signing ex-Packers. Would they make a move on, if the Packers cut Callahan, would they sign him? For, for, a, for a depth player, and then you get a little insight into what the Packers are trying to do this offseason. Just a thought. that Maybe maybe you want to hold on to Callahan to avoid that. Because remember, it is Green Bay, Minnesota in week two. So 
you know, whatever, whatever knowledge Callahan has at this point would be A, fresh in his mind, and B, all be relevant. So some interesting, interesting thought there. And then wide receiver, I don't, you know, a lot of talk about whether they're going to keep seven, and obviously they have eight worth keeping. I think they do have to keep seven because I don't, I don't know that Jeff Janice can do a whole lot with the, with the broken hand yet. I know, I know he practiced some this week, but I don't know if you can play him a whole bunch. So, and then, and then you, you got the depth there. So, obviously it's Nelson, Cobb, Jared Aberderis, Devontae Adams, Ty Montgomery. That's five. Jeff Janice is six. So who's seven? Is it the rookie sixth round pick, or is it rookie fifth round pick, Tyrone Davis, or the undrafted rookie Geronimo Allison? I'm going to go Davis based on special teams. He it was he and Montgomery as the number one kickoff returners this week. And then without Dimitri Goodson, they need a gunner because Goodson's suspended. And and this week, Tyrone or yeah, Trevor Davis was 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 was, was, was with the number one gunner. So I'm going to go Davis as the number seven, and then you hope like crazy you get Allison to the practice squad and. I know everybody thinks they're going to lose him, and you know, I kind of think so too, but two things here, and we've talked about this one of these things before, but teams like their guys. They've scouted their guys. They've drafted their guys. They've invested a lot of time and sweat equity, so to speak, in their guys, and and you know what? They know, as silly as it sounds, they know where to find the bathroom. They know where the meeting rooms are. They know the routine. You don't have to teach them anything. You're ready to go with your guys. So that's one reason why I think maybe Allison might be okay. And number two, wide receiver is a dime a dozen position. There are some great ones. There are some good ones. But when you're talking end of depth chart guys, they're all the same. Yeah, I know Allison's six foot three. But you know what? A few years ago, we were all convinced that the Packers would lose Tory Gurley because he was six foot four, slinky, as Donald Driver called him. We were all convinced the Packers would lose Slinky. They didn't lose him. He, the Packers got in the practice squad just fine. So again, I, Allison's played pretty well, but and and if if I had to put down money, I'd put down a nickel that they lose him. But I wouldn't bet any more than that because I I'm not convinced that they're going to lose the guy. And then finally, the last position I had some struggles with was inside linebacker. Unless they keep five, but I had them keeping four, and it came down between Joe Thomas and Carl Bradford. They both had good camps. Thomas is hurt at the moment with a calf injury. So that that kind of complicates this, where is he going to be ready for week one? I have no idea. But I will say this, that even without Thomas, Carl Bradford was, was, was only on one number one special team this week. If you're making the roster, you're you're probably on the special teams and that's that's kind of been the way it is where you, you want to get those special teams put together and he's had a really good camp but apparently not so good of a camp that they feel compelled to put him on the special teams. so i'm going thomas over bradford as my fourth inside linebacker and you can read more of that at packerreport.com and speaking of more to read there's a lot more to listen to here on the locked on podcast network remember we have locked on nfl we have locked on fantasy the Packers play the Chiefs here on Thursday or tonight, so that's you can go to Lockdown Chiefs for some Chiefs scoop. You can go to Lockdown Jaguars for some Week One intel. Go to Week One. We can go to Lockdown Vikings for the latest on their quarterback situation. And if you like the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA, we have Lockdown NBA and Lockdown Bucks. So lots and lots to listen to here in the Lockdown Network. And you know what? It's a great way to kill time on lock, on on Cut Down Saturday. It's a way for myself and Ryan Wood and Tom Silverstein and. And Rob Demosky to tell you who the Packers cut. Heck, follow along on Twitter and 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 listen to the Lockdown Network. 
And finally, fourth down, you are six. I'd say players, but there's a couple alternatives here. So six position groups where players could win roster spots tonight. A couple we've already hit on, so I'll just quickly gloss over them. One is Joe Callahan. Whether it's Green Bay or somewhere else, if he lights up the Chiefs tonight, Callahan could be on a roster in week one. Number two, Geronimo Allison. Again, like we talked about, if he puts up you know three or four impressive catches, he might find himself on a roster week one. And then here's some other guys to consider. consider. Carl Bradford, who's, again, had a really good preseason. He's up against the numbers-wise here in Green Bay. He's a third-year guy. If he, you know, if he continues playing well in the run game and maybe makes a play in pass coverage or runs on the field on kicks and makes a couple plays, he could find his way in our roster too. Defensive line. Now, now we're going to really just Green Bay specific stuff here. Defensive line. And we've talked about this a lot. Where number five is wide open with with Mike Pinnell's four game suspension. Someone has to be that fifth guy. And they've really rotated guys through here at practice lately. I'm leaning toward Brian Price here for this because, you know, the, the other probably front runner is Christian Ringo. Ringo is more of an athletic, explosive, passion kind of guy. Well, you know what? They've got that, though. On passing downs, you put, you move outside linebackers, Daytona Jones and Julius Peppers inside, along with Mike Daniels, and you've got interior pass rushers. Right? So maybe you don't need Ringo. We're, we're, you might need more bulk and beef and feistiness, and that might be Price's gig. But I must say this, and no one has talked about this guy, but I noticed I'm looking over my notes. Tyler Cooter's made a lot of plays during the last week or two. He played well in the game against Oakland. I mean, not Oakland, against San Francisco. Played well against Oakland, too, I guess, too. But he's kind of gotten into the mix here, where, and he even took some second-team reps on the, on the D-line the other day. And if Tyler Cooter's that guy, don't be shocked. No one's written a word about him. No one's said a word about him, to my, to my knowledge. But he's shown up some. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's that guy. So, you know, it might it might it might be winner take all. And, and if someone just, you know, in fact, I asked D line coach Mike Turka back that on Monday, what, what's it going to take to win that job? And he, and he basically just says, go make a play, get off a block, make a tackle. So it's, it's, it sounds simple, but no one has really grabbed hold of that job yet. And tonight could be the night. And finally, fifth corner. And it's kind of the same deal. No one is, someone can grab that job by the horns tonight. And obviously it's Sam Shields, Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins is the top three. And Ladarius Gunder is probably number four. Who's number five? And it's what do you like here? Robertson Daniel is a big physical guy. He picked off Rodgers on Tuesday, even though he had a lousy Monday practice. But he picked off Rodgers on Tuesday. And and then Joe Whitsmine, the cornerback coach, Making a play against Marquise Williams is one thing. Making a play on a pass from Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson is a whole other thing, and that's that's worth a lot more in wit size. And and Daniel made a pick there. And the other alternative is, is Josh Hawkins, where Hawkins is, is smaller than than Daniel, but other than Shields, he's the fastest guy in that room. And you, you can't you can't teach height, but you also can't teach speed. And he was with the number one punt return team as a has won the jammers the other day, so he's he's made a little made a little room on special teams. And again, if someone can break up a pass or two against the Chiefs' better players, or intercept the pass, or maybe run down the field and make a tackle, the job could be there. So that's what's at stake tonight. And it's it's easy to sugarcoat this by just making these guesses, but you know what? These guys have busted their butt. 
And there's really, there's hopes and dreams and a lot hopes and dreams and a lot tonight. And you hope just for their sake that they come out and put their best foot forward. And that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to go to PackerReport.com for more on, on your favorite football team and to check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'll be back with you tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game and also be with you late Saturday night with a podcast breaking down the day's cuts. So have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the game, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.